With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Celtic State of Mind Friday Bulletin. Today I'm joined by Kevin Graham, Jim Orr and Alan Morrison. I've been on plenty of shows with Kevin. I'm pretty sure this is my first show with Jim and Alan, so I'm looking forward to hearing what they've got to say. And it's a very divisive period for Celtic. There's lots of opinions flying around and everybody's got them. So there's plenty to talk about. And the first place I want to start is the game on Wednesday. Um, Kevin, I don't think you've had a chance to talk about that on the show yet. It was... For more of the same, really, from what we've seen from Celtic, it was really the same as we saw against Aberdeen, same as we saw against Ross County. It was just a bit tepid, devoid of ideas, devoid of inspiration, I would say, Kevin. I would argue that. I would absolutely argue with that. I think we were all right in the first half against Aberdeen compared <laughs> to the 90 minutes against Ross County and Hibs. I think it's very, very clear now we're watching a dreadful Celtic side with dreadful players, dreadful tactics and a dreadful manager. But we are not a dreadful side. We haven't got dreadful players. We've maybe just got a manager that's no fully there. I didn't expect Rodgers to be there at the end of the season. I'm getting a whiff of Ronnie Dyla's last days round about this. And I don't think... I think we'll be going to Ibrox in April to try and keep ourselves in in the in the race, and it's not going to surprise me on Monday if we're out the Scottish Cup either. But dreadful, we're just dreadful at this moment in time. We we, we play like sedated penguins in Edinburgh that walk about, and, and, and just like it's it's rubbish, man, absolutely rubbish. Um. But what Rogers has done to that side. Granted, he's lost quite a lot of players. Granted, he's had injuries, but we should not be struggling against the size that we're absolutely struggling against. And it's all due to him. Yeah, the Hibs team that we played on Wednesday, it's a team that 
St Mirren absolutely blew away in the first half and St Mirren, Quan was one of their star players in that game and he didn't even feature for Celtic in the first half of the season. It's a game that we really should be comfortably win. Jim, I want to come to yourself. Last time you were on the show, Adam Ida, I'm sure a lot of us hadn't even heard of him at that point. So you haven't been on since the end of the transfer window. So I just want to get your thoughts on the transfer window as a whole and on the performance on Wednesday, because was, I'm sure you've got a lot to get off your chest here. It's actually good to have Kevin on, because I'm usually the Mr Negative guy, but, <laughs> but, but Kevin's just, you know, bust in there, uh, magic. Uh, so, Anthony is going to sound good now. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, we're still joint top, they win their game in hand. So the season is salvageable. You know, if, if we're 10 points behind, like we were in New Orleans last season, then we'd be, you know, we'd be in real trouble. I think one of two things happened. I mean, you, you can, I, mean I, I, haven't, I haven't been on the socials the last few days. I haven't seen any podcasts. I've been busy with Benelik Bertie. He started last night. Uh, and I think we've got two options here. Uh, option number one is the manager has to change his tactics because he's been sussed out. You, know, you mentioned those games, James. I mean, you back to Kilmarnock. And, and I think it's one of the poorest SPFL seasons. I think the teams are pretty poor. And they're making us look pretty average. And I think that's down to the tactics, as Kevin was saying there. That if you look at the Kilmarnock game, they try and stay in the game at half time. If they're, you know, a goal down level, they up their game, they maybe push forward 20 yards up the pitch, they put us in trouble, and we lose against Kilmarnock. Carbon copy against Aberdeen last week. We should have lost the game against Aberdeen. If it wasn't for Joe Hart, we would have lost the game. And we should have lost the game on Wednesday. Uh, well, we're just as Kevin said, we're just absolutely appalling. So, teams have sussed us out, and we shouldn't be in this position given the players that we have. And one of the things I've said in the past is, how do you know what a good manager is? A good manager uh, has a team that's more than some of the parts. You look at Jockstein, you look at Brian Clough. If you go back to the old days, like that, Alan and I will remember. You know, they weren't great players. The two or three very good players, but in the main, they were kind of workmanlike, good guys. But Steen and Clough made them into a team. We are less than some of the parts just now, and that and that has to be the manager. It has to be the manager. And either he changes tactics, he goes with two up front, he just does something different, because the players are there. They're not bad players. And if that's not the option that they picked, then option number two is have to change the manager. Because, as Kevin said, that's the problem. So change your tactics or change the manager. I don't think they're going to change the manager. I think we've had a board, and, and, and Kevin has said this many, many times, we've had a board who, who don't take tough decisions. I think they take easy decisions, and when they're faced with a tough decision, they don't take it. And if you contrast that with what's happening across the city, and I'm not saying what they're doing is right, but Van Bronckhurst, a sticky patch, fired, you're away. Beal, sticky patch, bang, you're away. If you back to New Lennon's last season, how many times, when I think the, the podcast, the Daily Broughton started during that season, how many weekends were saying they must let him go this weekend they must let him go and it didn't happen and it was as I said at the time death by a thousand cuts that season they had to make a big decision and he didn't make it and get rid of the manager would be a huge decision at this point in time and from what we've heard there's lots of things behind the scenes so I don't think they would do that so if we're going to salvage this season I think we have to change the tactics well, Alan, if you're thinking tactical change, you're a resident stats man. If you're looking at the performance from Wednesday, is there any sort of stats that jumped out of you or perhaps 
was there any positives to take from the game? Kevin mentioned that he thought the first half performance was pretty decent. Would you take any positives from that game? And it was that was against, any... that was against Aberdeen. I thought, Aberdeen. I thought the first half performance was it was decent. Eh? Like was... The, the, the first half performance at Easter Road was like an overdose of Valium, man. That's what it was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there any positives that you would take from the game, or was there any stats? even negative ones that really jumped out to you from that game. What caught your eye? Tricky. So is it full to me to talk things up again? We're, <laughs> we're not in a good way, are we? Um it, it the, the, the three games since the the break have followed a bit of a pattern where Celtic have actually started all of them pretty well, in all honesty, and I've had a, a control of the game. So you know and you're right, James. I look at the performance really more than the results uh, because that's what will give you a better indicator of what's going to happen going forward. And in all three games, I look for control, but you look for control and you look for then sort of penetration in terms of you know what the quality of the chances that we're creating. In all three games, I would say two of them we got an early goal, and in all three of them we pretty much controlled the game. Aberdeen hadn't had a shot at goal at Petodri until they scored, you know. But 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 what was really telling about all three games was the extent to which control was lost, and and the performance unravelled the longer it went on. Um, now, that's worrying. Uh, that that because that speaks to um, that lack of cohesion does speak to organisation, frankly. Um, and and to to the lads' points, you know, as I've been saying all season, we haven't replaced quality with quality. Never mind pushing the squad forward in terms of overall depth and quality. It has actually regressed, and that's on the cl- that's on the club. That's on the club not supporting the manager, right? But where we are now, knowing what we've got, I do agree we're not seeing the coherence of performance. Mm. The, the the if it, if it was just control, with and it was a bit slow and a bit ponderous, etc. As as people often say. Um, even that I would kind of accept if we were kind of reasonably dominant within that. But what was the most worrying aspect of stat was really the lack of um, creativity and the lack of chances that we created from open play against Hibs. I mean, it was one of the lowest that I've got on record and it was probably in the top three for, for the least amount of expected goals created from open play. And one of those three was when we had to play Hibs during the COVID season, and and I think six or eight players or something we couldn't we couldn't pick. We had a shadow squad out, and the second of those three was at Ibrox earlier this season. Mm-hmm. So that's that's worrying because that if that becomes a trend, then that's going to over a longer term you're going to we're not going to score basically we're not going to score as many goals as we need we need to do. So I, I agree that we can't carry on as it is. The players are the players. We do continually seem to have to be changing the lineup for one reason or another. There has been a lot of disruption. The manager's right to point that out. But at some point, you've got to stop feeling sorry for yourself and you've got to come up with a coherent plan that gets the best out of the players that you do have. And this system doesn't do that because the wingers are just especially are continually not producing. We've virtually ruined Kyogo through the lack of service, the lack of quality into him, where you've got a player who, if you give him the ball in good positions, his, his finishing is 
is extraordinary, actually, even even at European level. I know it's not against good opposition. So we have to do something that either gets the best out of him or, or change the way that we play because, you know, we got away with it. You can point to the two wins and a draw out of those three very poor performances. And the other thing I'll just finish on, which is a positive, is that, as Jim says, we're right in it. We're, we're still at the top of the league. I would say this is Celtic at the worst version of themselves at the moment in terms of the cohesion and the way that we're playing. And I would argue that the other team at the top of the league, you're probably seeing them at the best. And so, and we're, and we're right in it. We're right in it. This isn't 2021 over again, right? It's not that, okay? But it there has to be, he has to find a solution. Rogers has to find a solution. Yeah, you, you mentioned it's different from that 2020-2021 season. It still feels salvageable, but we're just waiting for the turning point and wondering when, the, when that turning point is going to come. Wondering when Rogers is going to change things up and get a tune out of these players. You mentioned Kyogo. There's a moment late on in the game where he gets the ball in the box and he's hesitant. He hesitates and he loses the ball and that's the chance to go 2-1 up. A massive opportunity. He's really lacking confidence at the moment and I wonder if he'll play this weekend. I mean, Adam either two goals as much as they were penalties. That could be enough to bring him into the team. I'm not I'm not too sure he could come into the team. Um, but Kevin, it took two penalties to get us over the line. Alan mentioned the lack of chance creation. It's one of the lowest that he's seen. Two penalties to get over the line. We're really on the ropes in that second half at a point as well. After Hibbs get the equaliser, the equaliser, it was evident that the Celtic team was rattled. Aye, and it's very easy to rattle the Celtic team. You score against them. That's it. As soon as you score against a Celtic team, we are completely rattled. And, and that comes from a lack of belief in what we're actually doing. I think a lack of belief in, in the system, a lack of belief in what the manager's telling us to do, and a lack of belief that they're the same side. I, this, this is a transition. That is really a transition. I think they're going to go through a transition in the summer. I think it's really clear that the board have no backed Rodgers because they can that he's off. And I think the players have got with that as well. Um, it's Our teams, need, if we go a goal behind, we'll struggle. And I says this last week, uh, if we go a goal behind, we'll struggle. I mean, Hibs, Hibs came out the, the other night there after they after they equalised, and you were going, well, they look more they they look more likely to win this game. They absolutely mo- look more likely to win this game, and what Rogers done to change the game was something that we would all done. There was nothing magical that he done. He made the same changes that we would have actually done. He went like for like. He went but done this and that. There was nothing spectacular. There, there, there was nothing spectacular whatsoever. I mean, I think. If you want to have a look at the lack of what we've lost and the lack of resource that what he what he's actually got at, available at the moment, Burnaby was the highest transfer on the pitch in that first half. He was only he was our biggest transfer fee on the pitch in that first half. Now that shows you the lack of foresight and planning. This that they the football side have, the football operations department, because I'm blaming them, and the football operations department do have, that the fact that we've got a back four, a Burnaby, Ralston, Scales and Welsh. Oh, come on, wait a minute, what's, what's actually what's actually gone wrong here? That is a massive, massive red, red flag. Scales and Welsh just passed each other. Burnaby 
some folk are talking up he was man of the match, but it was a very, very low bar. And a lot of folks seem to think it out of Alston's 80-odd minutes of absolute mediocrity can get made up for a great tackle 25 years for goal, which leads to the penalty kick. It is a dreadful, dreadful state of affairs. <laughs> and uh, I can't see the manager changing it. I can't see the man because he's too stubborn. The manager is too stubborn. He looks a shadow of himself. It's like somebody's put, I don't remember that guy that does the impressions of Brendan Rogers, whatever his name is. I uh, can't remember Darren, his name. Darren something, yeah. That's the yeah. Brendan Rogers we've got. The Brendan Rogers we remember that left and went to Leicester is now long, long gone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And, uh, I've... I, I want to win the league. But there has to be major, major changes. Major changes. There needs to be major changes. Fans have been calling out for it after the January window they were calling for it after the summer window the doubts were there and we're now seeing the results of we've seen the results of it we've got 700 people watching live I want to get some of your comments and keep commenting we're going to bring them up throughout the show should have gone for Maresca looks like they've gone up again Rogers is useless Maresca he was one of the targets for I think it was two or three years running Celtic were looking for Maresca Sean Doyle our purple patch was when they had our first choice 11 for two games that's one thing I will say about Rodgers this season. There's, there's been very rare moments where you can say the strongest 11 when fully fit is there. Hattati has been always injured this season. Cameron Carter-Vickers has been always injured since last April. There's barely been a moment where we've been able to play Cameron Carter-Vickers for a good five or six games in a row. Ridiculous are coming in. Of course, Adam Ida is referring to he starts. He scored two goals, penalties or not. Well, that's something we've been saying Kyo hasn't done over the last few weeks. It's, the goals have really dried up. But I want to go back to that game, Jim. Um, I've re- really felt like in the second half, there was an inevitability that Hibs were going to go on and get a second. It didn't happen in the end, but that just speaks to the confidence that we have in this team at the moment, that we were expecting the team to go on and concede a second and drop more points at a Hibs side who, I think the only team they've beat since the start of December was Forfa in the Scottish Cup, and they nearly, well, they did take us all the way in the league. It's, it's a worrying sign, isn't it? Kev, see every time I'm on, can you be on as well, pal? Because I, I, I must look the most positive person in the world. This is, this is great. I'm loving this today. Loving it. We're still in it. We're definitely still in it. The manager has to step up. That's all we're saying. Step up and show what you're made of. Because my, I think this league will come down to one word, and that's hunger. On the pitch, 
even though the opposition are no great, I think they showed more hunger than we are. I think they want to win this league. The last time I was on, I made a comment, and somebody said, you're so anti-Celtic, and you're thinking, you're a clown. That I said, why would Matt O'Reilly want to stay? Because, you know, playing at Livingston, he's, he's won the league, he's won the cup. Why do you want to stay? Has Matt O'Reilly stayed? Sorry? Has he stayed? Well, that's my next <laughs> point. Basically, I haven't, I haven't I'm, since January. Well, if I'm Matt O'Reilly, and I know that in a few months' yeah. time, I've got a life-changing transfer coming up. I don't want to get injured. I'm not going to Livingston and going for 50-50 challenges. You know, so that's totally understandable. And there's an argument to say that, you know, that like the new Lennon season when there was meant to be a few players who kind of checked out and we kept them. And I'm not saying we should have sold Matt O'Reilly, but maybe that might have made some sense if we'd have reinvested that. Because as you said, Kevin, he's been pretty poor. And that's understandable if these things are playing on his mind. But I think this will come down to hunger. And I'm not so sure that we've got a very hungry team. We've got a lot of young guys. And I've said before, I think the mix and who we're signing is totally wrong. I think for every young guy we sign, we should sign an experienced guy so that we've always got that kind of balance and you can bring these guys on. When you sign a whole lot of young guys, you're going to get inconsistency. Nicholas Kroenke won against Aberdeen. Really good. Hibs, non-existent. You know, that's what you're going to get. And if you're going to win the leagues, you, you, just, you just can't put up with that. You really can't. You have, to be, you have to be Jota. You have to play every single week and play really well and contribute. You have to do that. And we're not doing it. So on the park, I'm not sure about hunger. The managers, uh, the big scary bloke over in Ibrox, you know, he's, he's he's definitely hungry. You know, he's going to fight everyone. He wants to do it. Our manager interviewed after the game. Ah, these fans, you know, they criticise everyone. And that, you know, do you see the hunger there? I don't. You get to the board and across the city. I mean, they're they're all in for this. They're spending money they don't have to try and win this. They're hungry. They want to win this. Our board. Our chairman statement a few months ago, well, just keep money in the bank just in case we don't make the Champions League. That's self-fulfilling to me. So I don't see hunger compared to the main rivals on the pitch and the dugout and in the boardroom. And the league is too tight. If we were five or six points ahead, you think, well, we could maybe ride this out. It's too tight. They're going to win this game in hand. They're going to go top and goal difference. And as you said, Kevin, the game in April is huge. But even though you're looking that far apart, we're not confident we can beat anyone these days, and that's the issue. So the manager has to step up. He really has to step up. Or as I said, you change the manager, but the board are never, never going to make that decision. Never. What was the question? Hibs. Hibs. As Kevin said, it was just rubbish from start to finish. And scoring that early, you think, go on, make it a statement victory, score four or five, do the goal difference a power of good, do that. And we didn't do it. And we just looked clueless the whole game. And as you say, once once Hibs scored, there was only ever going to be one winner. Uh, not to be them and you know we, we, I mean as, as Celtic fans we love to have a go to the referees and the conspiracy theories and all this kind of stuff you know albeit Nick Walsh should have given the penalty straight away but, but, but VAR came to a rescue you know VAR came to a rescue in the Ibrox game with the roof goal you know and I know it was like a lesser thing at the Celtic Park game and the, the same penalty thing you know so VAR's done us a few favours this season so I don't think we should be as, as kind of anti-VAR and think about conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff we We've actually done okay this year. But with regard to the Hibs game, as Alan said, I mean, Alan said, the stats tell you it was abysmal. It was one of the most abysmal games in terms of trying to create chances. The last four goals were scored, two deflections and two penalties. That's that's appalling for any Celtic team in any generation to play four games of football against a really poor Ross County, a really poor Aberdeen and a really poor Hibs. 
two deflections and two penalty kicks. You, you, you can't defend that. You really can't. Jim mentioned um, Matt O'Reilly this season. Um, I think start of the season, first half of the season, Alan, he was the standout. He was far and away the, the, player, the, the player of the half season. But it feels like his performance levels have fell off since the turn of January. And it looks like with Matt O'Reilly's performance levels going down, the performance levels of the entire team have gone down as a whole. How reliant do you think Celtic were on Matt O'Reilly in that first half of the season? Because he was the man creating all the chances, he was the man scoring the goals, even last-minute goals to win us the three points. He was the man that was doing it all. Do you think we were too reliant on Matt O'Reilly the first half of the season and we're now seeing it? Absolutely, and, and certainly in terms of he was virtually the only player creating chances for Kyogo. Uh, which he he created more chances for Hugo than anyone else last season, and he's already this season. We when we're halfway through, had created as many chances for him because they just weren't coming from anywhere else. Uh, and then next on the list there would be Jota and Abada. That's not happened this season either. So th- there's there's a huge part of your problem in terms of the final third right there. And then you know Matt O'Reilly and and Callum McGregor are playing ninety minutes every single game game in, game out, and we're relying on those players. And, and as we've seen before, you can't just flog players to death. You know, um, we've seen it with Carter Vickers. We're not managing his injury situation well enough, and he's out for extended periods. That's That, to me, is unforgivable. That is negligence, actually, not to look after a key player like that. Kieran, you know, Kieran, Alistair, Kieran, unfortunate. Kieran Tierney neg- negligence, I would go as far as saying and who was the manager for last time with that? Oh dear, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe, but I mean, to be fair, Kevin, I, don't, I suspect you'll find the same culture at every single professional football club. Is oh, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a football culture problem, not looking after players and, and injury, and, and actually, it's the same in every sport. Rugby unions had this problem with head injuries and concussions. Anyway, but so, 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 you know, we, we, when it comes to it, we're relying on a core of players. We relied on Greg Taylor. He's he, he gets injured. We're relying on Alistair Johnson. He, he you know he, he's injured. But guess what? You know players like Scales who came in. Uh, you know, and I, everyone was skeptical. I was skeptical. Um, there was some benefit in him. You know, in terms of the longer he's played, the more steady he's got. And he's not spectacular. He'll always have his limitations. But it's almost like we saw with Bernabe on on Wednesday. He, he had a pretty solid game overall. Um, and it's almost like if you play players and you trust them and you give them a chance, maybe sometimes they'll they will become more solid. You know, people criticising Kuhn. I mean, the kids had, you know, he did look nervous. He didn't attack the fullback. All of that is true, but he's hardly played. You know, and this is what you've got. You're going to bring in a lot of players, especially young ones. There is a cost to giving them a chance. And at Celtic, you know, any draw or any drop points is considered too high a cost. There's so many structural issues with, with the makeup of the squad. Some of that is on Rogers, a lot of it isn't. Um, and he's having to kind of juggle that. I think he needs to stop making excuses. He needs to stop, you know, moaning about it. Just need, because, because as you say, I, I, you know, I kind of shy away from using words like hunger because it's a it's an easy trope and it's very difficult to to evidence. I would I would posit that most play, most players, most people are trying their best most of the time, right? And sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. When it doesn't, you can you can point a finger and shout lack of effort, lack of hunger. But to me, that's a, a pretty lazy sort of trope to make. It's a very thin line between hunger and recklessness as far as, you know, what what the, what the different clubs are, are trying to do 
to uh, to win this league. Are Celtic too conservative and too safe? Absolutely. Are the other lot reckless fiscally? Well, history shows us that is also true. Lack of hunger? I'm not sure it's that. So, you know, we come back to, we've got an ever-changing cavalcade of players, but the current configuration isn't working. The problem that we had specifically against Hibs was that we weren't brave enough at the back. We had the two centre-backs passing continually between themselves. They needed to be braver. They needed to go through the lines. Now, were players making themselves available for them? You could also point that finger. I mean, but you've got some fundamental issues there because if you're going to play Maida as a winger, Maida can only play the way he's facing. He cannot control a ball and change direction with it. It's beyond his skill set. Therefore, if you give him the ball with his back to you, you're only going to get it back. That's the only thing that's going to happen. Then on the other side, you've got a young lad who seemed very nervous, you know, and so we ended up getting the ball back. So from the wingers, we're getting the ball back. From the two central midfielders, Bernardo and and O'Reilly, McGregor was being man-marked. Were they doing enough to get themselves free or were the central defenders brave enough to try and pass through the lines? Probably a bit of both. And and therefore, you had a stalemate. You had a stalemate in building the play. So they have to find a way to resolve that. Some of it is to do with attitude, and some of it is to do with being positive on the ball, but some of it is to do with having the right configuration of players that you can actually progress the ball in a a proactive way. And it looks like we haven't got a configuration, certainly in the wide areas, to to actually make that happen. That's That's the area I'd focus on. There's no relationships in the wide areas, Alan, because they've changed that many times. How do you expect Bernabe to have a relationship with Maida? Maida hasn't been there for the last couple of games and Bernabe's only came in the last couple of games since Greg Taylor's been injured. How do you expect Alistair Johnson or Anthony Ralston to have a relationship with Kuhn on the other side because he's just actually arrived in the club? In the midfield, what you're talking about, I don't think the midfield's got the right balance with it. I think we were kind of... it papered over the clacks, uh, Bernardo's couple of goals in that. I struggle to see what he brings to that team. And Matt O'Reilly's form's dropped right off the face of the cliff. And Cal McGregor's getting no hand, hand in the middle of that part because he's getting man-marked out and Bernabe and O'Reilly are no day, uh, Bernardo and O'Reilly are no day in a month. But there's no relationships there. there. There's constant chopping and changing. There is a reason for that chopping and changing. But sometimes... Uh, Aye, there's a reason for everything. You can, you can actually talk yourself round ru- ru- to everything, but I don't think it helps that the wingers that we've actually got are quite poor, <laughs> or in a poor, or in a poor number of, or in a poor spell of form. No, I'll maybe I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll be slack on them and just say they're they're under the weather a wee bit. I think uh, so. Again, relationships relationships is a bit of a difficult one to. Again, if we look at last season. It almost wouldn't have mattered who you played at fullback, who you played in the wing, because the patterns of attacking were well rehearsed and well known. And we seem to have gone from that very highly structured, highly organised way of attacking, where everybody almost knew where they were supposed to be. They knew what their the, the purpose of making a run was in terms of into out or out to in. Um, and it would almost have mattered who you played. The players understood what this what the system was. And we've kind of um, we've kind of regressed to a more less fair get the ball to the wide players and then do some magic, right? But the, they're not, as you say, Kev, they're not of the quality, I don't think, to do that magic on a consistent basis. We see it from Palmer on occasion. 
Um, and we may well see it from Kuhn, but you got to let the kids sort of bed in. But accepting that we've moved away from a highly structured way of playing to something far looser, then you know the, the manager probably, as we come back to, needs to step in and help them a bit. You mentioned the wide areas. That was a big discussion there. I think the midfield has been a problem of the constant chopping and changing as well. I mean, Tatate picked up his first big injury. They kept him out for weeks in about September time and they picked up a few more injuries after that. They kept him out until this current moment. It took us until, what, December, January to find the final player to complete that midfield three. Holm had a go, Turnbull had a go, Iwata had a go and Rodgers was just constantly chopping and changing and not really getting a turn out of anybody. It was. I still don't think we've got the answer, though, James. I don't think Burnaby's that. Uh, no better. I don't think Bernardo's that player. I really didn't. I think he's part of the problem as well. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it was a few goals. Um, obviously, getting a goal in a derby is going to boost your standing amongst the Celtic support. And anyway, I think he's been... All right, since then, I thought he was one of the better players of a bad bunch against Hibs during the week. I want to, if we're going to talk on the better players, I've got to talk about the man in the moment. I'm going to be a bit more positive here. I want to talk about Adam Ida. I thought it's easy to talk up the player who scored the two goals and a 2 1 1, but I thought even outside of the goals, I thought Ida was playing good as well. I thought he brought a different dynamic to the Celtic attack, holding the ball up and laying it off to the wingers. Um, Jim, would you agree? What did you make of Adam Ida's first start for Celtic? Before I answer that, when I was talking about hunger, I wasn't talking about kind of players' hunger on the pitch. They obviously try the best they can. And the issue I have is the fact that we beat Ross County 1-0 and there's boos at 90 minutes. Now, maybe the boos weren't for the players, maybe the boos are for the board. The players can't differentiate that. They won a game of football. Kuhn, that was Kuhn's first game. Come on, substitute. Hold on, the fans are booing. We just won a game. Club like no other. Mm, you know, so we need to get behind the team. We're still in it. We're still well in it there. And I'm going to stick with hunger. You know, particularly in the boardroom, they want it more than we do. And I think if you're a player and you've won cups and you've won leagues, the hunger must go down. I mean, all the guys have won the league, they've won the cup. But across the city, it's going to be the first time. And I think they're much more hungry than us. In terms of the new guy, I thought he did okay uh, individually. Uh, he could have scored a couple of goals from open play. Uh, nerves of steel. At the penalty, uh, given how poor we've been at taking penalty kicks. Uh, I think he's a run of games to see what he's like. And I think what we're all saying is that we'd like to see a change of shape. I think we'd all love to see him and Kyogo up front to see how that goes. Uh, it was okay. It was nothing spectacular. But the fact he took the two penalties, and they were huge in the context of the season, uh, speaks volumes. Um, Alan, just from watching the game, I felt like Ida was getting more chances than Kyogo usually gets. I don't know if that was better service or if it was just the spaces he was taking up. Would I be right in saying that or would I be completely wrong? <laughs> I, love, I love how Alan started chuckling there before he had even finished that. I sort of shaking the head. No, no, no. Well, I think, you know, listen, he had, we had created one chance for him, I think, from open play. I think, well, actually, two. 
I think the I think he got a header from a corner. That wasn't from offside calls. Yeah, that's. Then there was a couple of offside calls, but no, I mean this is a, this is a systemic problem. So you, you know, we're we're not creating enough chances for the centre forward. You know, in the system that we have, um, we've tried a six foot four big lad, and we've tried a wee a wee guy who's got absolutely you know world class movement, and and we and and therefore that tells you that either the players are not good enough that are trying to get the ball to him, or the system's fundamentally flawed. And it's only listen, it's only two games in. I thought he was, you know, when, when we when I looked at his sort of data profile. Before and I listened to people who knew him well and had seen a lot of him. It looked like a almost a disastrous signing in terms of what I couldn't see any upside to it at all. Watched him against Aberdeen. I thought he was excellent actually against Aberdeen in in, in the time that he put on the pitch on a on a fiery pitch in a howling gale. His touch, his ability to bring the ball down, bring players into the game. I thought he did really well in that cameo performance against Aberdeen. Against Hibs, though, it was the same problem as we've had all season. We're just not creating good quality chances, um, and it's not for want of trying. In, in terms of one of the thing, one of the features of the season under Rogers is we're actually trying to hit the striker earlier. We're trying more through balls. We're trying more long balls this season than we did under Postecoglou, because I think Rogers recognises that if you let teams sit in you're not going to get the best out of Maeda, for example. So if you've got somebody with the pace of Maeda and you want Maeda facing the goal, right, as I've said, you want to hit him earlier. And I think we've been trying to do that. We're just not very good at it. And it's and, and it's not that we're very good at it. It's just a really highly difficult thing to do, to hit a 50-yard ball straight up the pitch and, and, and find your target, you know, against four defenders. It's just really difficult. So we are actually trying... Rogers is actually trying to be, in some ways, more direct. So that's why I say that... There's many criticisms I make of Rogers, but the, the whole slow, ponderous thing is, is a load of nonsense. The whole league is playing a faster form of football, noticeably, than last season. They're playing far more long balls as uh, in, in general. Our rivals are a good example of that. Celtic are playing far more long balls. Celtic are going more direct than what they did previously. It's just it's a hard thing to do well. Uh, and, and, what, and what we seem to be sacrificing is an element of control. What we had under Rogers the first time was a high level of control but it was slow and ponderous. Postacoglu, you know, he, I think, got a perfect balance between control and penetration in terms of the amount of ag- successful, aggressive forward passes um, to, to the level of, you know, possession that we had of the ball. I don't think we've quite got that at the moment, but I think that's, as I say, it comes back to a mixture of the manager probably trying not to change things to keep the players comfortable with, a, in theory, a shape and a system that they know, but the personnel, in some respects, just aren't good enough, and and so therefore we need to find a configuration, uh, and that's on Rogers to, to you know to resolve that. Alan, I take your stats on there brilliantly, but that game on Wednesday night, there was a point in the first half, and there's a point in every Celtic game that I've watched season, that watched the season, the game for a long spell goes to walking pace where nothing happens whatsoever apart from we pass the ball about every so often. That game on Wednesday night there, it looked like two teams that had one eyes on one eye on the beach. They knew that their season was done and they, and they were just treading water to actually to the end of the game just to tick it off. And that that's where I'm coming for, for the ponderous side of it because we haven't got an intensity. And Rogers will be in his press conference the more the day or the more spewing out all this verbal salad about intensity, bravery, counter-pressing and all that. And I didn't see any of that whatsoever. I just see a lack of intensity and effort on the pitch to do what he actually says. 
That's what I, I think. That's, I think that's what's interesting about the stats because the eye test for me, like yourself, Kevin, watch the game on night. I think it was too slow. I'm just keeping the ball. It's walking football almost, but obviously the stats do something different. So it's interesting to hear that the, that the fact the stats say that because I I thought it was slow and pondered as a kind of Welsh and scales Welsh and scales. Come on, get the ball at the pitch. And it is the fact maybe that we're not that confident in the players that we've got. And a badder comes on, contributes nothing. You know, so don't give him the ball because he'll contribute nothing. You know, so yeah, it's interesting the fact that the stats say something different from the eye test. Yeah. Just, I think it's I think it's something to do with words. I mean, people use slow and ponderous, like specifically use that phrase over and over again, right? I'm not arguing there aren't problems. I'm just saying that isn't the problem. People are misattributing what the issues are, right? It's not the fact. It's we're actually playing. We're completing more passes with this with this with possession this season than than last. But it's about eight. It's only it's not by much. It's about eight passes a game, but that suggests you're moving the ball quicker because you're completing more passes, right? So it's not that. I'm not saying there's not problems. It's just a misattribution of what the problem is. You label it slow and ponderous. That sticks. Because I see that so many times. That isn't the problem, but there are problems. That's what I'm trying to say. So so the problem is... More more long balls, more more attempted through balls. We're pressing more, right? More aggressive pressing stats than last season. Right, we're completing more passes for for ninety minutes than we did last. All of that suggests we're actually playing quicker, but but it can look really bad if you try and play quicker and you try and be more direct and it doesn't come off. You lose control. You lose an element of control, and and it just looks bad when you're giving the ball away and you're not getting your striker in the game. That's the problem. I think that's right in terms of the the lack of quality that we've got. Because when you're at the game and you watch Kyogo, every single game he's making fantastic runs and nobody's passing to the guy. Either because we don't have the confidence to do that, or they're just too scared. One thing I want to move on to, Kevin, you are speaking of some of the buzzwords that Brendan's going to mention in his upcoming press conference, intensity, a strong mentality. And you would you need that for the game this weekend. The Scottish Cup, there's you can't afford a slip up. There's no second chances. It's one game and one game only, and you've got to get it done. I think how important, Kevin, do you think the Scottish Cup is it going to be this season? What? How do Celtic fans dis- define this season as a success or a failure when it comes to the end of the season? Do you need a league and a Scottish Cup for this season to be defined as a success? The way in my mind that this season's gone, I think if we won the league, it's been a great season. And that is just because we've been... Because I just find it interesting. Alan's talking about the high press, and I just didn't see that. And that's something that I'll probably need to review myself. And I will go and review it because that's the type of thing that I actually go and do. I like getting shot down and, and tell, no, no, if you go and have a look at this, I just see Rogers spouting these words and his team not doing it. But I knew that you've actually pointed out the, the number of long balls that we play or they try to. Pack passing is that what you call it? Is that the is that the 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 the, 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 pa- the passing that we're trying more and more often? If you look at the amount of times the ball just went out the park in Easter Road on the first half the, the other night there, the amount of times we tried to play long balls through and their keeper just came out and got it. I get where you're coming through with that. Hey, I, I do get where you're coming through, but I didn't see a high press, and that's that's a, that's hang with that. Aye, I mean what, what what I will say, James, is I think the for me, I'm just hoping to win the league. And that, and at the moment, 
the way that we're playing and the confidence that seems to be around the club, the toxicity it seems to be around the club, I think one in the league would be a major, major achievement and it shouldn't really be. It shouldn't really be after being eight points clear in October and not charging on. And the January transfer window has just added to that as well. It feels like if you chuck this, if you chuck the, the football operations department and the Celtic board into the North Sea, they wouldn't drown, they would just tread water. They would just go round and round in circles. And I think that's where we are. We win the league and we move on. And for me, that's it. I, I want a wee day out at Hamden. I, I love the Scottish Cup and all of that, eh? but I just don't think we've got enough depth in the squad to handle going on two fronts. And that's so sad if, to actually if, say. If I, was, if I was to ask you the, sort of the same question uh, when Rodgers first got appointed, what would you define as a successful season? You would have said a treble, probably. That's No, I would have seen, I would have seen he's been in Europe after Christmas and won in a knockout game. So That's what I'm saying. You didn't get that, Jim. I'll, I'll ask you the same sort of question. Uh, would do you think Celtic need a Scottish Cup for this season to be defined as a success? I mean, you look at last season, a treble winning team. You look at every season Brendan Rodgers has been at Celtic, apart from this, and there was trebles there and couldn't an invincible treble. Would you say that there needs to be a Scottish Cup there to have a no. successful season? Nah, they have to win the league, as Kevin said. That doesn't matter. I mean, if you back forty years or so. Winning the Scottish Cup, winning the league, there maybe wasn't that much between them, but the riches in the Champions League means that the Scottish Cup, as Kevin said, it's nice if a wee day out at Hamden in May in the sunshine, but in the greater scheme of things, if we end up just winning the Scottish Cup, this has been a disastrous season. So it doesn't. I actually think the game on Sunday is a chance for him to change things. Because if you're going to change things that doesn't work, then I'd rather get knocked out of the Scottish Cup than drop more points in the league because it's, it's all about the league. It really is all about the league, and yeah, I would ex- experiment on Sunday. I would try something because di- we're, we're we're all saying the same thing. He has to try something different, so why not try it on Sunday? Because if we can knock to the cup, we can knock to the cup. We can't drop any more points. And I think he has to learn uh, from the changes that he makes. So yeah, I, I kind of I know there'll be people in the comments saying, "Oh, you want to win the Scottish Cup? Of course you want to win the Scottish Cup. It would be great." But I think if that's all we win this season, it will be looked as a failure. No, it's a tough game this weekend. We're looking at every game at the moment as a tough match. St Mirren put three past that Hibs team that we really struggled against during the week. Alan, what are your feelings towards the game this weekend? How is your confidence going into this game at Paisley? I mean, if you look back in January, a matter of months ago, a matter of a month ago, we beat St Mirren 3-0 there. It was fairly comfortable. I thought it was one of our better displays this season as well. Maeda, O'Reilly and Greg Taylor on the score sheet. Would you, what, how are you feeling heading into this game? Oh, I agree with the guys. I mean, I've been saying this since since June. You know, there's a revamp Champions League next season. We've got more games and the overall pot size increases. You're looking at anything between 50, 60 million. In the context of Scottish football, that is an enormous amount of money. And in the context of specifically the financial performance of Celtic, where they are today, and their rivals, it, it pretty much you know sets you up for the next ten plus years as a club, right? In terms of Celtic could then, I believe, start to make some more strategic decisions about the management, the football operations, 
even you know the extent to which you you do bring in more more sort of younger players and and, and develop them. So I think you'd you'd get yourself that much that much breathing space. To me, this this league is 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 so important, and and the fact that we're, we've got a much weaker squad than what we had last year is is unforgivable, really. But listen, we are where we are, so we have to kind of support the team to try and get them over the over the line. I mean, you know, I agree with Jim about the Ross County game. To me, if you look at, at Ibrox, they've they've got a pretty average team. They're grinding out results, and the crowd are going mental to celebrate them. And we should be doing the same because every point matters. If it's one nil at home at County, one nil at home at Mirren, whatever it is, that's vital that we just keep winning. Because you know, that we're not going to see. I've given up on seeing coherent, consistent performances this season because we just don't have the personnel for it. You know, a lot of the issues that we're saying, as we say, isn't because we're being slower. It's just we're not very good. <laughs> We've got players that can't execute a thirty-yard pass through the lines as well as what the ones that we had last season. It's, it's that simple, right? So find a way. Uh, that's on Rodgers. It's almost, I'm at the stage where I don't care how we win. We just need to win this league somehow, any, anyhow. And if it means sacrificing a cup, I'm okay with that this season because it, it will make that much difference in, in, you know, in terms of Scottish Now, it's going to be terrible for Scottish football, actually, if we have to win the league this year because the bounty will be so huge the gap and the gap between Celtic and the rest will become enormous. Um, that's not our problem, but we must win this league. Yeah, it's money that we really need to push on and strengthen. It's money that we also can't afford to lose as well. You can't afford to allow that money to go to Rangers because you know that they are going to go ahead and strengthen. But I want to bring in some of your comments here. Alistair Ross, we're one knockout blow away from losing this league. Tynecastle coming up could be it. I think that's mid-March time, perhaps towards the end of March. Hearts are flying at the moment. If you look at their recent records, that'll be a very tough game for us. Beyond Adam Ida, apart from his pens, he was invisible. So there's me told. I've got Michael 89's comment. Go to a back three and play Burnaby, Rouse and Johnson as wing-backs. We can't trust any of our wingers at the moment. They probably don't even deserve a start. But we're talking about how we need change. We need to see our reaction. Kevin, would you think a tactical change like that, going to a back three? I mean... Sort of in the first half of the season, I was on the show with John Hughes quite a lot, and that was something he was championing for. Move to a three-five-two because you're not getting enough out of the wingers. Would that be a change that you would back? Um, I think it's too late in the day now. I think we're too far down the line. As I actually agree with Alan for once in the forty-seven minutes we've been on here, <laughs> I think we're at the grinding out stage now. And Rodgers will be in, possibly be in the same mindset and he'll be putting together the team in his 4-3-3 hoping that we can just grind out the results for now at the end of the season. The performances are now at the Monday. I think you saw that with the reaction to the last minute winner at Easter Road. The team were together. They were together with the, the, with the away support and that as well. And that's all we've got. Look, I'm an unhappy clapper. I am an unhappy clapper and you're talking about uh, you're talking about the, the swing of cash. In the longer term, that swing of cash could be a good thing for the structural change that we want in Celtic. It could be. Do we want to see it happen? Of course we don't, but that's the only thing that's going to bring about the structural change if this club ultimately fails. But that's a discussion for the summer. It's not a discussion for now. The discussion for now is 
we've got to go against St Mern, match their effort, get our decent players on the ball, play slightly better than what we have been doing, create chances, then he lose goals and win games. Sounds very easy, eh? but we've been making it very difficult for ourselves over the last couple of weeks. Eh? But that's all we've got. All we can do now is give the team the full support for new at the end of the season. And it's nights like Wednesday night sometimes make it a wee bit difficult. And we're, we are clutching at straws saying hopefully that's a turning point. Hopefully that's that turning point. Brendan, I'm just hoping for Matt O'Reilly turns up. I'm hoping that Matt O'Reilly gives Calmack that wee bit of space that allows them to start creating chances again. They threw balls that Alan's been talking about. Eh? I'm hoping uh, Aida um, brings something different than what Kyogo was bringing. A bit more of a physical presence that, that the big the big hoofers that are at the back at St Murn as well maybe go, well, we haven't handled this guy before. And that might, might bring a bit of difference. We've got Yang back I mean, we may as well chuck him back in because we've tried every other winger, eh? So there's no like, we'll try him for 60 minutes and see what actually happens. Um, we need to get in behind defences. We need to don't let teams settle on the ball. We can't go back into the horseshoe, but we just need to grind out results for now to the end of the season. I'll be, I'll be over the moon if we get to the end of the season, win the league. And if I haven't seen a performance, I haven't seen a performance, then in the summer I've gone, right, we deserve, we need a major, major change. But as Jim says, we're still in it. I think we're dreadful at the moment. I do think we're dreadful at the moment. I'm worried about going to Love Street on, on Sunday. But the time the kickoff comes round, what is the kickoff? Two o'clock? Is it a two o'clock kickoff on Sunday? By the time the kickoff comes round on Sunday, I'll be fully batting the 11 guys that are on the pitch, definitely. And I'm not going to knock away for that. But I'll still be unhappy with the way my club's run. You can be bad. You can be well. Yeah, Kevin mentioned there's, Jim, there's players that are going to be coming back. You're going to have Yang and all back from the Asian Cup. And I thought Brendan Rodgers said last week is to be believed you're going to have Greg Taylor back in contention as well. And you'd imagine, as much as Brennaby looked all right, at Easter Road, you'd imagine that is Greg Taylor's spot to come straight back into, which it's surprising that we're all crying for Greg Taylor back in the team, considering the stick that we've given him at the start of the season. I don't think he's had an incredible season, Greg Taylor. I think it's been poor by the standards that you look at him from the season before, but you really need him back in that team, I would say, Jim. We need our first choice players back. We need our strongest team. That kind of goes without saying. I said a few weeks ago that I didn't understand why we weren't postponing games because of the Asian Cup. And I kind of wonder who takes those decisions. You know, we'd, we'd have, as well as the Asian Cup with a few players injured, so why, why wouldn't you cancel that Aberdeen away? And I wonder who takes those decisions because I'd have cancelled it. You know, if they cancelled it, wouldn't, wouldn't drop points. So, you know, don't, don't understand that. So, hey-ho, for another time. Uh, yeah, we need our best players on the pitch. If we get Carter Vickers back, hopefully soon, and we get Taylor back, then... Skills, as Alan says, has been, has been really good this season. He's, he's surpassed expectations, so we get back for what we like. I, I agree with the guys earlier that I don't think Bernardo's the answer. I think we've missed Hattati, and what annoyed me is the fact that Hattati never got played at the start of the season. Turnbull was, was picked instead of him, and Hattati hadn't played many games, and he gets injured. And I think if you're, if you're not playing many games, I think it's easy to pick up injuries, and uh, I think the treatment of Hattati and Kyogo has been really poor this season. But we need somebody in that, in that third 
midfield position. Hatati's not back to April, was it? So he, he's worked out for the season. Uh, the wingers aren't contributing, and they're all much of a muchness, and that's why I think we're, we're coming back to maybe change the shape. And I also think that the manager doesn't want to change the shape in case it works, and he looks as if, well, why didn't you do this five months ago? Because this was the way to go. And there's a kind of stubbornness, I think, there. So we're going to stick, as Kev said, we're going to stick 43, and we're going to grind out results, and, and this is how we're going to be. And if we win, great. And if we lose, hey ho, that's the way it is. And the big concern I have is, is, is some of the after-match comments from, from the manager. Uh, yeah, I use the word hungry. I just want them to be more enthusiastic. Uh, I want them to take more responsibility. Uh, I want them to lead. Uh, I don't know we have many leaders on the pitch. I mean, in terms of experience, we've only got Callum McGregor and Joe Hart. Joe Hart's the keeper. At this stage of the season, when you're going for the league, you want leaders in your team. And that's where, why we should have bought experience at some point, either back in the summer transfer window or in January. And we didn't, and that was really negligent. But there's only 14 games to go. So a big effort, and everyone get behind the teams. And, and I think the fans at the time have been only too quick to start booing things. If we lose a goal against something, Hart's game was, was, was pretty poor as well from a fan point of view. You know, that they are doing their best. They are playing their very best. That's that's all they can do. Uh, the fact that you think maybe they shouldn't have been the team, that's not their fault because it is what it is. So we have to all get behind the team. And as Alan said, even if it's, it's a kind of scruffy 1-0 win against Ross County, celebrate it because they've won the game. I mean, people start booing at the end of the game. The players are confused by this. You know, and if you want to attract players to your team, what's it like at Celtic? Well, they boo us when we win. <laughs> Which hands have you got? You know, so we need to get behind the team and the away support are usually brilliant. I mean, they're the guys that could have been in. And there's more mumblings and grumblings at home, I feel. Uh, and we need to stop that because they are doing their best and it's counterproductive. You know, when you start, you hear people start to boo and, and whatever and you're losing one nothing. They need all the encouragement they can get. And we've only got 14 games to go. So 14 big cup finals. As long as we're going to Ibrox not behind if we can maybe sneak a point or two ahead of them then even if we lost to Ibrox we get them back at Celtic Park um, if, we, if, we, if, we, if we drop points before we get to Ibrox and we go there behind and we lose that game that's a league finished so we've got 14 cup finals get behind the team we're still well in this thing Brendan step up to the mark please fingers crossed Joe coming in in the comments Hattati is a massive miss for us I would agree I think yes. look over the course of the season he's one of the We've mentioned Hattati is one of the players who will take risks. He takes risks with his passes, and that's what we've been crying out for when you've seen the, the sideways passes over and over and over. But Alan, I want to come to yourself. If we're looking for changes to make for this game this weekend, look at the start of and against Hibs compared to the team that you would like this weekend. What changes would you be looking for, personnel and in style, if you want to add to that as well? I probably agree with Kevin. We're not likely to change shape now. So as much as I, from pretty early on in the season, was advocating going to a four-four-two diamond midfield, I felt that suited the players that we had. Would allow a player like Hatati some some freedom to to try the more outrageous kind of passes, but we'd have a sort of core solidity to it, and and it would also allow, at the time, Maida and Kyogo to play their more natural roles, which is uh, as, as it's essentially forwards. And, you know, Maida has been turned into a conventional winger and it's just not his, it's not his game. He's actually a pretty good striker or forward. 
Um, so, but anyway, listen, I can, I can, we can wish for that, but I suspect it isn't going to happen. So, you know, I, I, I actually wouldn't. We're only playing one game a week at the moment. I know we've had the game midweek, but I think we're going to move to pretty much one game a week. So there's no need. To, we need to get um, a cohesion, and 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 you know, if we're not going to have a, a highly structured way of playing, then as Kevin says, these relationships become more important. Players need to become used to playing with each other. So I would, I'd keep the changes to be to be as, as minimal as they can be. Um, I, I probably would take Abada out the. The firing line. I mean, the kid clearly has got the world on his shoulders. Whatever you might think about different situations, we're talking about a young man who's seems to be going through an awful lot of anguish uh, off the pitch, and there, and, and then you know it seems to be affecting his performances on the pitch. So I would probably spare him, um, you know, a difficult, <laughs> difficult tie at St Mirren, to be honest with you. But other than that. You know, we, we you know the biggest miss is Carter Vickers. If we can get Carter Vickers into a fit state and get him back, that that he's the one player that would make the single, the single big, uh, you know, biggest, uh, biggest difference to the to the side. That, that, that's what we've got to hope for, really. But other than that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't honestly make too many changes. I think we need to get into a rhythm of winning, even if it's winning ugly, and, and a cohesion and a consistency to the team. Oh, would you keep someone like? Oh, Sorry, James, but back, back in there, Alan. Um, Jim, I'll, I'll go back to you, Jim. The Ross County game, you're right, it has been very clear. I left on 70 minutes. I couldn't put up with it any longer. <laughs> it was dreadful. <laughs> and I just couldn't handle that game any longer. So I wasn't, I didn't have the energy to boot the final bus. So I was mm. on my way. I was sitting on the supporters bus at that time. But I know for the rest of the season, starting next week against Kilmarnock, that the, the boys are going to need their backing. And everything that you say is absolutely true. It's not their fault that they're on the park. Yeah. That's the fault of the football operations. And, it's a, and that needs to get sorted, but it's not going to get sorted in the next 14 games. And what we need today for the next 14 games is put all our differences aside and just hope the team scrape through. But I want to ask Alan on the stats, Hingley. We, we both agree that Rogers is not going to change his 4 3 3, right? He's not going to change that. But what? Do you think it would change putting the wingers on the right side so they're actually naturally going to the byline? Steady this natural cut inside. I mean, Maida was even less effective on the right than he was on the left. <laughs> because at least when he's at least when he was on the left, he's making those or he or he had been making those diagonal runs in towards the goal. Um you don't you don't want him, as I say, you don't want him not facing towards goal and you don't want him on his left foot <laughs> so it's quite, you've got to get the ball to in a quite a specific set of circumstances um, I think with Kuhn you know it was it's a confidence thing it's uh, it's uh, you know I think we we'll probably need to kind of integrate him into the team quite gradually he's another young player listen he's, he's played for big clubs I, 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 I mean I'm excited about him in the long term but with all these players it takes time you know, to, to, to bed in. We've seen that even, you know, across the city with the players they've brought in. It takes time. Bernardo took time uh, to, to, to bed in. It, it's just it's just human nature and it's natural. So I suspect if we're going to win the league, we're going to win it with the players who are, who have been here for a while, know know the ropes. You know, I might I might be tempted to put actually Palmer on the on the right and, and leave Maida in um because at least you know you get the you get the off ball benefits. He does stretch the the opposition back line. As I say, I'm I'm not 
I'm not I'm not advocating just constantly swapping somebody in out in out just because maybe they had an ineffective ten minutes or forty five minutes or whatever. I don't think that's going to win us this league. I think we need to build cohesion and confidence uh, towards the end of the season and keep the changes to to, to the minimum. Cohesion, confidence, and I think consistency are all things that we're looking for in this Celtic team. We've all got our fingers crossed for the massive Scottish Cup game this weekend, the fifth round in Paisley against St Mirren. Thank you, 1,000 of you have been consistently over this hour. Thank you very much for joining us on this Friday bulletin. Myself, Kevin Graham, Alan Morrison and Jim Moore, thank you for joining us on Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.